This is Barry Zelma speaking for Claim School Incorporated with True Crime Stories of Insurance Fraud number 12, Insurance Fraud Based on a Claimed Serbo-Croatian War. I present these videos so you can learn how insurance fraud is perpetrated and what is necessary to deter or defeat insurance fraud. This video blog of true crime stories of insurance fraud with the names and places changed to protect the guilty are all based upon investigations conducted by me and fictionalized to create a learning environment for claims personnel, SIU investigators, insurers, police and lawyers better for them to understand insurance fraud and the weapons that are available to and can be used to deter or defeat a fraudulent insurance claim. Back in 1983, just before the Olympics came to Los Angeles, the doctor decided he needed additional money to buy the lot next door to his Westwood, California duplex. It was his dream to tear down the duplex and build million-dollar condominiums on the two lots. Before he could do so, however, he had to remove his tenants from the duplex. He also needed a substantial amount of money as seed money for his intended development. His plan was to have a fire destroy the duplex and to use the money he expected to receive from his fire insurer to start construction of the condominium. He called his insurance agent, who came to the duplex where the doctor lived with his girlfriend and her young son. He told his agent he had learned about the increase in construction costs, and he decided to double the limits of liability on his fire insurance policy. The agent, whose only concern was collecting additional commissions, put through the request for the increase with pleasure, since doing so doubled his commission. The doctor explained to his insurance agent that since he escaped communist Yugoslavia ten years before, he did not understand American insurance. The doctor asked for help understanding his policy. He told the agent that he had heard there was much talk about the chance of terrorism as a result of the Olympics. He stated a concern about the safety of his home. He asked the agent in his thickest Yugoslavian accent whether the policy covered arson. The agent, who had never received that question before, thought about it and said, of course. He explained to the doctor that fire is insured regardless of cause. The insurer agreed to increase the policy's limit. The doctor then went about rent removing his tenants. They were two students at UCLA who, when the doctor tried to evict them, went to their legal assistance office who explained that they could not be evicted because special ordinances had been enacted for the upcoming Olympics to keep people from being wrongfully evicted so the landlord could get higher rents from tourists coming to see the Olympic events. The doctor had told his tenants that he really needed the bottom half of his duplex because his brother was coming from Yugoslavia. He needed their apartment as a place for his brother to stay. The students did not believe him and took him to court. The judge ordered the doctor to allow them to stay. The doctor was furious. 
He had to get the tenants out before he could burn the house down. He didn't want to kill them. He wanted to be sure the entire house burned. He wanted no witnesses available. He tried making loud noises late at night. He blocked their cars in the driveway so they could not get to school. Nothing he tried worked. They would not leave. Finally, the doctor agreed to pay them a bonus to find other accommodations. Six months had elapsed since the doctor increased his policy limits. The doctor, practicing medicine in the United States, had trained in the Serbian Republic of what was then Yugoslavia. Most of his patients came from Yugoslavia, but were from the Republic of Croatia. The Croatians and the Serbians, although ostensibly part of the same country, detested each other as much as Armenians detest Turks, as much as Jews mistrust Germans, and more than the English hate the Irish and the Irish hate the English. When the doctor treated his Croatian patients, he told them he was Croatian. When he treated Serbian patients, he told them he was Serbian. His practice flourished in the Yugoslavian community because he spoke the language. The doctor also owned an apartment building in a rather poor neighborhood. Rent collection was sometimes difficult. The doctor used the services of a family of Croatians named Krovic to help him collect rents. They would use the ageless, strong-armed method of rent collection. They would visit each of the tenants and advise them that they could take the rent in cash or in body parts. Since the Croach brothers were all over six feet tall, all more than 220 pounds, and all muscular, they usually collected the rent without causing severe physical injury to the tenants. The doctor had experience with the Croach brothers. Since the Croach brothers had no qualms about criminal acts, the doctor decided to use them as a means of setting the fire. He recruited the youngest of the brothers, an unlicensed electrician, to cause a fire at the duplex. He wrote a check to the arsonist for $5,000, payable to Crowich Laboratories. Young Mr. Crowich had never operated a laboratory. The doctor intended by calling Crowich a laboratory to deduct the cost of burning his house down as a business expense of his medical practice. The doctor arranged for Croach to burn the house down the following weekend. The doctor had lived with his girlfriend without the need of marriage for more than ten years. To empty out his house, the doctor proposed marriage to his girlfriend, and she agreed. And she, her son, and the doctor drove to Las Vegas, Nevada on the weekend of the fire-to-be to be married. The house was therefore clear of occupants on the weekend the fire did occur. On Saturday, using the key the doctor had given him, young Mr. Crowich and his electrician's vehicle delivered to the duplex 15 five-gallon cans of gasoline. He staged one can of gasoline in each room of the duplex and in each hallway. He then left the duplex not wanting to be conspicuous. On Sunday night, Crowich returned, this time parking his vehicle down the block so it would not be visible. 
he re-entered the premises and being an electrician and reasonably fearful of electrical power turned off the main circuit breakers in the house so there was no power he then went upstairs in the master bedroom and poured his first five-gallon can of gasoline throughout the master bedroom observing that the doctor had left his jewelry box on top of the bedroom dresser crowich decided to take a bonus for his work he removed several pieces of gold jewelry which he placed in his pants pocket while adding some burglary to his assigned arson the gasoline fumes in the room began to rise no one had bothered to tell young mr crowich that one gallon of gasoline reduced to fumes has the explosive power of thirteen sticks of dynamite crowich went to the hallway of the master bedroom and began pouring a second five-gallon can of gasoline in the hallway since he had so much gasoline he poured it in a circle around himself with the fumes surrounding him and splashing some of the liquid gasoline on his shoes his pants legs and his hands the fumes slowly migrated toward the kitchen where they eventually found the pilot light of the doctor's gas range before crowich could finish pouring the second five-gallon can the fumes ignited engulfing young crowich in flames in pain afraid and not knowing what to do crowich ran down the stairs and out the door totally engulfed in flames a young man coming out of a movie theater on westwood boulevard saw him and tried to chase him down he hoped to roll crowich on the ground and extinguish the extinguish the flames but he did not catch him the fire department arrived immediately and extinguished the blaze only to find thirteen full five-gallon cans of gasoline the fire captain and his crew were thankful for their good luck since if the flames had reached the cans of gasoline staged around the duplex several firefighters would have died and a good portion of westwood would have been leveled instead only two rooms burned the upstairs of area of the dwelling suffered smoke damage two hours later crowich appeared at ucla medical center dripping flesh and clothing with third-degree burns over his entire body he told the hospital staff i think i burned myself as they cut the clothing away from his body with crowich heavily sedated the hospital personnel discovered the stolen gold chains and jewelry melted and welded to his groin arson investigators interviewed crowich in the hospital when surgery was completed and the anesthesia had worn away enough for him to communicate he admitted he was involved in the crime but refused to acknowledge the doctor's involvement he died ten days later from his burns the arson investigators became certain of the doctor's involvement when they learned that the doctor paid the expenses of shipping young Croach's body back to Yugoslavia for burial. They also found the canceled check in Croach's account made payable to Croach Labs. When the doctor returned from his wedding, he was quite upset to learn how little damage was done to the house. He voluntarily submitted to an interview with the arson investigators and admitted readily that he knew Crowich. Crowich, he told the arson investigators, was a patient who had done some electrical work for the doctor at his house. 
Croach was also a Croatian. The doctor advised the investigators that perhaps Croach had discovered that the doctor was a Serbian and set fire to punish him for impersonating a Croatian. While the arson investigation continued, the doctor went to the unrepaired, burned dwelling and placed some diamonds he acquired in the Los Angeles Jewelry District into the fire debris. He then hired a fire cause investigators to investigate the scene who he expected to find the diamonds. He expected the fire cause investigator to conclude there was no robbery and that no self-respecting arsonist would allow uninsured diamonds to be lost in an arson-for-profit fire. The doctor immediately presented a claim for the total destruction of his house, although it was far from totally destroyed, and retained counsel who specialized in suing insurance companies for bad faith. Before he could get anywhere with his claim, the arson investigators for the city of fire department filed charges against the doctor for arson and insurance fraud. The doctor was arrested and charged with arson that resulted in a death. At trial, the doctor took the stand and testified about the hatred of Croatians for Serbians and Serbians for Croatians. He, being an educated man, did not hold grudges, but believed that the only reason for the fire was the hatred Korich had against the doctor of Serbian. He denied any involvement in the fire. At his trial, the doctor called the fire cause investigator he had retained, who testified he had sifted through all of the debris and found several diamonds in the ash and debris six months after the fire. The court accepted the diamonds into evidence. The diamonds were bright and sparkled as if they had just come from a jewelry store. This was the doctor's downfall. Fire will not destroy diamonds. They are created in the heat of volcanic eruptions, which are hard enough to melt rock. They do become encrusted with carbon if involved in a fire. An expert jeweler testified that he had seen diamonds involved in fires. The jeweler testified they were never clean and sparkling, and that the only method used by jewelers to clean diamonds that had been in fires was to dip them in sulfuric acid for ten minutes. The judge and jury were convinced that it was obvious the doctor had planted the diamonds in the debris after the fire to make it appear he had no motive to set the fire. While the jury deliberated and were about to convict the doctor of the crime of arson when an error was made by the court clerk, they had asked to see evidence, and the clerk, instead of sending only the evidence that had been admitted during the trial, accidentally provided them with evidence very derogatory to the doctor that had been suppressed by the trial judge. The jury read the entire group of documents detailing the doctor's strong-arm rent collection tactics and then advised the judge they thought they had seen something they should not have seen. The judge agreed and declared a mistrial. The district attorney, not wishing to let the doctor go, scheduled a case for retrial and entered into a settlement with the doctor where he pleaded guilty to one count of insurance fraud and served a few weekends in jail. He continued to proclaim his total innocence, even after admitting there was evidence to support his plea of guilty to insurance fraud. 
The judge sentenced him to 90 days in the county jail and ordered him to make restitution. The doctor paid the attorney's fees as an insurer incurred in defending the bad faith lawsuit he brought for failure to pay his claim that was dismissed because of his insurance fraud conviction. In my more than 54 years practicing law and acting as a claims person, this is one of the few occasions where some form of justice was done after an arson for profit fire. An arsonist was convicted of a crime, albeit not the major crime that resulted in the death of Crowich, and was made to pay the cost incurred by his victim in the crime. He was not made to pay enough. Unfortunately, the minimal sentence he received did little to discourage others who might wish to take a chance on arson for profit. Compare his sentence to the five years given to a person who takes $500 from a convenience store. It also did not deter the doctor who was found, after his release from jail, to be overbilling Medicare and attempting to defraud the owners of, a la of the Lake Arrowhead for damage to his boat suffered while using the lake. Those who commit insurance fraud are never deterred unless they spend a long time in jail and cannot commit further fraud from prison. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance Fraud Costs Everyone, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com. Thank you for your attention.